Good evening and welcome to Omroep Radio. This is Nido Media reporting for Hacker Public Radio, Hacker Public Radio Live, here at Omroep at uh, 104.7 FM. I'm here in the studio with uh, four other guests uh, from different private parties. Uh, on the other side of me there is uh, Fabrizio. Say hello in the mic. Hello, hello. Uh, next to him I have from the Dutch Pirate Party, I have the Sir Dirk Poot. Hello. Uh, next to him we have uh, Jonas de Graaf from the Belgium Pirate Party. Hello, thanks for inviting me. And next to me is Thomas Gordon, also from the Pirate Party uh, Belgium and a uh, helper in uh, setting up the Antwerp chapter. Good afternoon. Uh, welcome, I'm uh, delighted to see you all here. And uh, I wanted to talk today about uh, the Pirate Party. Um, shall we start about uh, how uh, the different uh, Pirate parties started? Um, Dirk Poot, could you tell us a bit about the beginnings of the Dutch Pirate Party? Uh, the Dutch Pirate Party uh, started around 2006 as an uh, informal group of people uh, uh, meeting online and uh, afterwards meeting, uh, meeting AFK. And around 2009, it became a little bit more official. 2010, all of a sudden, we were uh, confronted with elections in Holland. And then uh, within two months, the whole uh, party was officially registered, officially started. So we, we basically have two starting points, 2006 and 2010, for the record. Okay. Um, uh, well, let's continue about uh, the, the specifics uh uh, in a moment. Um, how about uh, the Belgian Pirate Party? Uh, Jonas? Uh, well, the Belgian Pirate Party started about the same time as the Dutch Pirate Party. We started in 2009 as a small informal group in Brussels. And uh, we were waiting for elections in 2010 at the time, so we had plenty of time until our government start, uh, just stopped functioning. And there we were. We had two months to collect about 10,000 signatures all across Belgium. And, uh, yeah, we had major problems. We got the wrong documents from the government. The government didn't know how to add a new party to the system. And, uh, yeah, from there on, we, 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 we quickly grew. And uh, now we're preparing for, we were preparing for the uh, elections in 2012, which was a major boost for the party. And now we're preparing for 2014. All right. Um... Um, Thomas, do you have any uh, comments about uh, the Antwerp chapter, how it started? Um, well, basically the Antwerp chapter is a, a part of the Belgian Pirate Party, but I think what's what's most interesting is, is the general idea of starting a Pirate Party. Um, what we did in Antwerp basically was, was come together with a couple of people and say, okay, we're now the local chapter of the Pirate Party. And I think in general, if you think about like how it's how it's starting... Uh, that's that's an interesting feature. The the fact that everywhere in the world actually people just say, okay, we'll start a pirate party here. There's no real way of getting like an official, uh, um, you know, you don't have to ask for permission to do it. We didn't ask for permission in Antwerp. And then basically what you usually do is you, you come into contact with other pirate parties or other parts of the pirate party. In our case, uh, we went from the local chapter we uh, we obviously contacted the federal and, and we started engaging with the other groups, other cities, uh, and people that were working on a federal level. Uh, so that's kind of like a miniature version of how it happens everywhere. Yes, uh, Fabrizio, can you uh, can you confirm this for the Belgium or I'm sorry for the German and for the Brazil chapters? Yes, the German I think is started same time a little before. 
and already took part in the federal election in 2009, missing it uh, shortly. It made a little above 4% and missed the 5% necessary to join the parliament. And in 2011, first in Berlin in October, we got 9.6% uh, in the city council then. And after that, uh, four more states joined in Germany, where we have uh, pirates uh, in the uh, opposition there. The last one, but we lost there in Germany. So it's a very critical situation at the moment. We have in September the next elections again, where we need to get the 5% to put someone there. And regarding Brazil, Brazil is also since the, quite the beginning together, but it has a problem that's very difficult to become an official party there. Uh, the guys have been struggling and trying, and last year finally they have a new attempt. They made a general assembly where they make the internal organizational steps for that. But I think now they have to collect 500,000 signatures. But uh, more than that, it's important. I think it's 20,000 euros. Don't put me fast in the number. But they have to publish the national program and the national newspapers. And they have to pay for that. So that's uh, something difficult to get an official party in Brazil. So the guys are organized. It's very decentral and beautiful to see. Several p uh, cities have pirate parties organized. They are very active. You can see on the Facebook. But to become official, there is a... Problem. If to, if to buy advertising space in the national newspapers and the <laughs> start. <laughs> yeah, you have to publish your program in the national official yeah. newspaper. Wow. So uh, I have a like an, maybe a fun story about that. Uh, we did local elections uh, last year, and uh, for Antwerp, uh, well, actually in in Belgium, what happens is to be able to have a local party or to be in the elections with a local party. Uh, you either have to collect signatures, and I think for it depends on the size of the city. In Antwerp, it was like ten thousand, maybe. Um, but the other trick was to uh, to have an auto, a signature from somebody that was in the previous council. So if you had somebody that was elected before, they could just give you one autograph, one signature, bang, and you can be in the election. But the rules don't specify that they have to be from the same party. Because obviously what happens is that a lot of people were elected and then they start their own party and then they can do it with one signature. Uh, and then what we did, we contacted all of the council members of the previous year and we said, hey, uh, we want to participate in the elections. Does one of you actually want to give us the signature? <laughs> and in fact, two people did. So there were two uh, council members that were quitting. They were uh, kind of angry, I guess. Uh, and they said, fine. I mean, they gave us a signature. And on top of that, we also did the 10,000 signatures just for fun. Oh, you guys were lucky. <laughs> we had like one week to collect our signatures and we had to stand in every province in Holland in front of the province house. There's only one, one specific week when you can collect your, uh, your signatures in Holland. Uh, and outside of that week, it's, it's impossible. And it's middle of the, the holidays. And basically, you're standing there an entire day. And at the end of the day, maybe you have your signature. You have to be in a specific spot, too? Um, well, you have to be in a specific spot in the city because there's only one place in the city where you can have your, uh, where, where people can sign for the, uh, for the elections. And they have to have their uh, identification with them. So there you're standing for the pirate party. Do you have identification with you? <laughs> so you, you can already see how uh, rules, uh, electoral rules, have an enormous impact on even the ability to join into an election. Yeah. And that's actually quite interesting if you compare it between different countries. Well, the, the, the thing that they all have in common 
what what I see from here is that the 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 political parties that are in power make it incredibly difficult uh, for new uh, uh, for new people to uh, to join in. Yeah. But if you're already in power, then they make it as easy as possible. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Well, there's so it's pretty much it's always starts as some unofficial thing, uh, and then later it begins uh, to get official. How big was your unofficial group when you uh, started up? Was it like five persons somewhere in a in, in, in a the, hallway? In Belgium, or? it was like five people, just five people who met on the internet and who said like, "Oh yeah, we we could do this too," you, you know. And they just got together in Brussels and they said, yeah, okay, now we're the pirate party. And that's it. That's basically all you need to do. You need to say, we're the pirate party. And from that point, the hard part is actually getting registered. So that's the signatures which you need to collect. And that, for that, you need to gather as, as many people as you can to join the party and to really become a big organization. But, but I think the, the big challenge maybe even isn't the the signatures and the and the logistics of being able to participate in the election but it's a simple fact that uh you're basically being thrown in a room with all of these people that are interested in doing politics uh most of well usually none of whom have experience in politics all of whom have a very strong idea of how it should be done <laughs> and then so the biggest challenge actually is i think uh, to get everybody to to get along and kind of cooperate with each other and and find a way of, of i think that's a, it's a way way bigger challenge than than getting the signatures i mean not in time and and physical effort but in i would say like uh, uh, mental and social effort, for oh. sure. You have to try to make to build an organization out of out of anarchists, and that is that's always difficult. You seen in Holland in the the last century when the the, the Liberal Party they started out liberal, it took them ten years to get a party together for exactly the same reason. They just <laughs> they didn't want the authority. <laughs> that's also a remark that I, it's it's in, I don't know how it is in you guys uh, organizations but in Belgium definitely there's a an incredible anti-authoritarian yep. vibe inside of the pirate party which results in uh oddly enough like almost if somebody is acting like a leader you know you might get hated instantly <laughs> it's kind of uh, that's a kind of funny funny thing that happens so you know every time we have to make decisions and you have to make sure that Nobody comes out too strongly because then their heads go off. It's kind of a, it's a, a bit of a theme, I guess. It's it's a it's a challenging theme. I think that everybody has. And what 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 we notice in Holland also during the elections, what is for us a big problem is that every uh, media organization in Holland is uh, has for a long time, for ages, been uh, um, uh, related to uh, a political party and a church. In, uh, in the Netherlands. So all the media organizations uh, have an affiliation already. And during the elections, um, they are trying to get their affiliated parties to fill as much of their airtime as possible. So when you're a new party and you don't have an, uh, a media organization standing behind you like that, you also notice that uh, you don't get any invitations for the, 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 telev the televised debates, for the radio debates. Uh, it's all gone to the, the, the friends of the people that are already in the media. And that's, I think, was in Holland our, 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 our biggest challenge. Yeah, so we had the same thing, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's where uh, social media kicks in, I guess, because social media is, should be a strong point mm. of the pirate parties. That's the media we could use as our media, like like the media we are specialized in. Yeah, yeah and if, when the time comes, 
a couple of years from now when when most voters uh, will use mainly social media as their as their most important uh, communication tool. Right now in Holland, most of the voters still watch what's on TV, yeah. and if if you're not on TV with the other political parties, they don't even know you. They don't know you're participating. I have an experience now in podium discussions. I'm a direct candidate in Berlin for the national election, where I share the stage with the candidates from the other party. And in several discussions, I could feel that I come much better than the others with the feedback from the public. Mm -hmm. And in the report from the journalists, the mass media, I was not mentioned. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it was like big, huge paragraphs about the other candidates. And about me was one line and nothing about content. Yeah. So you see that sometimes the cards are already played and this respect to the media is really a, a tough number now because they uh, do watch mm. the main media, which mm. compromised. Uh, yeah. mm. So in, in, in Holland what we're doing now is we try to, to build as much rapport with the media uh, during the, uh, when it's not election time and you try to use that when it's, uh, yeah. when it's election time to, to also get in. I actually was lucky yesterday because something very, very special happened yesterday, and I think Dirk will understand when I say this. It's the first time that, I, that we've been called actively by the national television for an opinion on something. Yeah. And that's actually, for us, it was like a major breakthrough. Keep in mind, we've been active since 2009, but it's the first time the journalist calls for an uh, opinion. In this case, it was about Bradley Manning. Mm -hmm. That's not election-related. And they said, you know who would know something about this? Uh, those pirate guys. And they called us, and I think that's you know that's kind of the the steps that you have to go through as well. And about the debates, the uh, the argument that they used for to exclude us from certain debates was, well, you don't have any elect uh, people elected in in the current council, and you're like, okay, wait, you're only going to have debates with with parties that already have an elected person. You don't see a problem with that, no. Nope. You know, <laughs> you, you can't see. That's the other thing. You can't really. Uh, fight with them because then they definitely will kick your ass. So you, it's kind of it's you have to be nice to people that aren't nice to you. That's the, the reality. Yes. Uh, well, let's return uh, to the how uh, did the uh, parties get started? Dirk Poot, could you tell us a bit about the very beginning of the Dutch Pirate Party? Um, uh, how many people and uh, where? I, I, I personally wasn't there. I didn't join till 2009. Uh, but there were like uh, uh, six uh, six people. And uh, yeah, they just started out as as, as friends uh, uh, who met online, and who were uh, um, uh, very uh, worried about the direction that internet in in Holland was uh, was going. And uh, from there, it uh, it started to grow. It's, but it just started as a, a small bunch of people getting together and worrying about what was going on. Okay, uh, Fabrizio. Uh, do you have any comments uh, the, about uh, the start and the, the way the, the well, uh, German? No, yes, Germ let's start with the German, yes. Oh, I heard that uh, the German party started out of the Chaos Computer Club, mainly meeting in the sea base in Berlin, and but I was not there, I moved to Berlin in 2010 only, and what I noticed uh, that the German, I think, was the I think up to now one of the biggest breakthrough, no? Like there was the first breakthrough having two persons in the European Parliament from Sweden, mm -hmm. and the Germans in Berlin. What I testified that it was a beautiful situation where I don't think more than 100 people got uh, almost 10 percent of the votes in Berlin. It was a small number of people very engaged, worked very intelligent, and made it. Uh, also, lots of planning. Like you see, the German mentality of really working properly and hard. 
that also you see the German parts also doing that and and it was a beautiful thing to see during the elections how we they all managed and like uh, all the other parties have companies to put their posters on the road and those companies or most of them they are paid for the job and when you could put the poster it was raining the first weekend and the pirates running under the rain took the best place and so that was a kind of way that we, it was a very positive uh, experience to see few people working harder and getting this 9.6 percent that's how and then it spread as a wave in germany eh? that other three other parliaments also got pirates into it yes they also got uh, the other ch local chapters uh, running and uh, can you give us a bit of background about the very beginning of the uh, Brazil chapter? Well, I, it's not official. One of the information that I know. First, there was the World Social Forum 1 or 2 in 2003, where a Brazilian guy presented a paper on liquid democracy together with an American guy. And that said, is one of the births of uh, liquid democracy, like officially. Nothing to do with the Pirate Party at that time, but the ideas were already in Brazil. And I know that uh, in the first meetings of Pirate Party International, there was someone from Brazil already into it. I remember in 2010, when I helped Brazil, there was two Pirate Parties group, and a big issue because every time a group would put a website, it would be attacked from the other. The Pirate Party Brazil already hosted, for instance, in Sweden, and was expelled from there because whatever the Pirate Party Brazil would put their website, there would be attacks. And so no servers would like to host the Pirate Party. And that comes out of a story of two groups there that I have the, uh, the pleasure to get to know both of them and kind of mediate together and understand the frictions. And that was a part of the history of Pirate Party Brazil. It's interesting to notice because we had in Spain and other countries this kind of situation where a group of people, very well-intentioned, occupy the Pirate Party name. Mm -hmm. And yep. who are we from outside or who is the PPI to say who are the real Pirate Party? Mm -hmm. and that was a part of the Brazilian Pirate Party story because we had two Pirate Parties. Right. Mm -hmm. Spain has the same problem. Uh, well, in Spain it's maybe even, even worse because... Uh, what happened there is that that you have the Pirate Party Catalonia, but of course in in Spain there's there's already a discussion about Catalonia, about independence, that sort of thing, uh, and and as far as I know, uh, it's still the case that you have the Spanish Pirate Party, you have the Catalonian Pirate Party, and they kind of work alongside with each other. Uh, we, you know, I guess they try not to fight too much, but uh, but it happens. But uh, but there is no such thing as like a, a Pirate Party. That that represents the whole of Spain. That doesn't exist, for in, for example. Uh, I think in in actually in Belgium, that's kind of a very interesting uh, case study as well, because in Belgium uh, we have a, f a federalized state, and all of the political parties have split in Belgium, except for maybe one. The, the communists didn't. The communists, like but very, but very even there, it's it's different. But so all of the the socialists, the uh, uh, social dem the democrats, all those parties, they split in two into a Dutch-speaking and a French-speaking part. Uh, even though we have uh, federal, you know, we have still have federal elections and we have a, a, Bel a country, you know, uh, and that has very, very strange effects on, on everything, uh, from debates to media to... Uh, but I think that the weirdest part about it is like how we deal with it internally, because internally we try to have one party for the whole of Belgium, but externally, nobody cares. Like, everybody 
uh, ignores the French-speaking part of the Pirate Party Belgium if you're in the Dutch-speaking press and vice versa. They will never invite somebody from the other side of uh, the country, even though, you know, for us it's the same party. So it's, it's kind of weird, I guess. But yeah, I remember going to the press once and uh, the co-president which, who, who spoke French uh, was with me. And the journalist just said, oh, wait, no, 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 please don't, don't go into the camera. Just the Dutch part of the story, please. Yeah. So that's, that's really the way it is. That's, that's yeah. how it goes in Belgium. Yeah. I think it's a very nice thing to look into that because you're having a microcross of Belgian and international issue there. I, I'm facing some examples between Brazil and Germany that are beautiful to see that the German Pirate Party voting to Brazilian issues Mm. has to do with Germany. The one was the export of an uh, atomic nuclear plant from Germany in a technology that's not allowed in Germany anymore. The Brazilian government bought it and the Germans giving financial support to it. So it's an ethical issue when the government does not allow something to be built in that country and yeah. exports to another. Yeah. And so the German pirates vote and there was some involvement of Brazilian pirates into it. Another issue was the German pirates voting about solidarity to the indigenous tribes in Brazil. So that shows an, a, a point where the geopolitical borders are not that important. Yeah. But what is when inside a country you already have it? Yeah. So you, you have a beautiful opportunity to solve some problems that would be a, an example for others outside. Yeah. I, I personally, I would rather not have to deal with all that, but okay. <laughs> have you guys... Has there ever been any discussion in Belgium about uh, uh, two pirate parties? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The the big problem with that is that uh, that it's perceived as Flemish nationalism by most people. So you know, there's a, a big problem with nationalism in Belgium, specifically Flemish nationalism. And there's a, a bunch of Flemish parties that uh, that basically want to split Belgium. There's at least two big ones, but that's a lot. I mean, they they take thirty five, forty percent in elections. Um, and so the problem is if even within the Pirate Party Belgium, if you were to suggest that, you will basically be branded a Flemish nationalist. And I know because it happened to me. Uh, because even if you say, well, maybe we should have two press teams because the press doesn't care anyway, then a lot of it's it's become less. People have become a little bit more realistic about it. But, uh, but especially like last year, there was like a lot of friction and especially a lot of misunderstanding about uh, the, the strategy involved. Um, so I think what we're doing now is we're just trying to do our best to be a Belgian party because it seems like most people actually want that. And we just take the bad with it, you know. Uh, so we translate stuff and that sort of thing. Uh, well, it, it's, it sounds like the pirate way of doing it. Like not, not splitting up and just doing it the way... No, that's interesting. I don't, so, yeah. uh, and, I don't and, know what and, the pirate way would I be. I think an extra, an extra yeah. uh, plus point that you have there is that all the other parties have to split up their, uh, their finances for the, for the elections. Mm. So socialists have to, to, to put the money for the elections down twice. Uh, pirate party only has to do it once. So in that case, you have you have a, a big advantage over the, the traditional split parties. I guess I've I've never thought of it like that, but uh, that's an interesting point. <laughs> okay, um, we're about twenty uh, four minutes into the show right now. Uh, I'm here with uh, some guests from different pirate parties. Uh, we have been discussing about uh, how uh, the different party, pirate parties got started, and I would like to continue to the subject of what actually is a pirate party. Um, Fabrizio, you already mentioned uh, a subject called liquid democracy. Perhaps it's a good idea to uh, go into that a bit further before we continue this uh, discussion. Yes. Well, I am a, 
as an almost analog pirate, I must say, I'm very not the most adequated person, I think, to report. But from my understanding, the liquid democracy offers the possibility of participation. And that was a big part of what called me into the Pirate Party to voice as a minority. Per I'm a member of a minority in Germany. I'm a migrant that I could raise my voice and it would be heard and accepted. And I could contribute to a formation of a program for a party. That was a, towards this liquid democracy. It makes a big difference for me to be into the politics. Um, I think that is the main, let's say, USP, what they call the Pirate Party. But at the moment, as I feel, is also a platform for horizontal decision making, for a possibility of changing the way of politics are done. It's not only liquid democracy, there is a possibility to offer a vision, a new way for politics. That's what uh, fascinates me in the Pirate Party. And the liquid democracy is a way of executing it. But I would like very much to share this question around here. Uh, uh, <clears throat> liquid democracy, I think, is is a, a very typical pirate party uh, thing. And <clears throat> the way in Holland we used to say it is, um, in Holland, uh, politics are ruled by the lobbyists. And um, by, by uh, switching to liquid feedback, you can uh, take away the power uh, from the, the, the few and give it to the many. And that I think is 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 a key part of uh, of pirate party uh, uh, politics. But, uh, yeah, you have to. Uh What's happening? Okay. Oh, hey. all is good. <laughs> There was the NSA. Uh, we just got interrupted because yeah. I have some very important guests here uh, for everyone who just got in. Uh, I'm uh, Nido Media here with Hacker Public Radio. I have uh, here f uh, one, two, three, four guests. I have uh, Dirk Poot from the Pirate uh, Party Netherlands. I have Fabrizio from uh, the Pirate Party International uh, Germany is Brazil. And from the Pirate Party Belgium, I have two guests. I have uh, Thomas jo Jordan and uh, Jonas de Graaf. And uh, right now we're talking about uh, the subject of what is a pirate party. Mm. And uh, we had some rude interruptions when Dirk Poot was uh, saying something. So please continue. <coughs> uh, that was liquid democracy. And then for the rest, I think uh, you have, of course, the, the, the Uppsala Declaration. Uh, what I really like is, uh, is how, uh, how pirate parties worldwide are all banding together to uh, to fight patents, uh, to uh, uh, to modernize uh, copyright, and to to work for an open open government, and is uh, when when the whole ACTA thing was going on, you saw how how national parties were all uh, being split up by uh, by the lobbyists, and the pirate parties worldwide were all speaking with the same voice and going for the same problem, uh, and in that thing I think the pirate party is is a new generation of parties where it's where where problems are looked at globally and talked about globally and everybody has a chance to participate yeah i've, I've actually uh this is my my pet subject <laughs> well for this week at least because uh i've i've been doing quite a lot of thinking about what the pirate party is actually about and i've i've come sort of to my own conclusion and i know it's it's i mean every pirate you talk to will will answer something different maybe but i think um what what 90% or 80 to 90% of the, the topics that the Pirate Party is talking about concern information. They actually, they concern uh, access to information, who has access, 
who is allowed to collect information, who is allowed to use it, uh, who can interrupt it, uh, those kind of things. And that actually splits up in a whole range of uh, political issues, going from government transparency, where uh, we want the government to actually give us more information, uh, protection of privacy, where we want to actually protect the access to our private information. Uh, we have things like censorship, which is a very... And it keeps going like that. If you think about patent law, is actually uh, the access to an idea, to information. Copyright, all the way. It's, it's a control issue. So if you extrapolate that historically, you can think about the fact that uh, a lot of people say we're going into um, the information age. You know, we came from the industrial age and then la 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 la. And now we're going into an information age where a lot of people are working with information, with data on computers. Uh, a lot of our, you know, agriculture stuff that's all been automized. And we're basically doing stuff with our brains, almost all of us, uh, especially in Holland, Belgium, most of Europe. And so it's a control issue uh, of how we want to handle that, how, what kind of society we want to have and how we want to deal with all that information and those uh, pathways of information. Yeah, and so if, if I can pick into that, yeah. um, is that uh, we, we just entered the 21st century and what we notice now is that uh, due to new technology, we have uh, bigger improvements in the way we can crunch information. Now we have the possibility to actually use new voting systems, for instance, because like one, two centuries ago, people couldn't use actual democratic, democratic systems. There just wasn't the, the power to deal with all that new information. But now we have these information crunching technologies and, and it becomes an issue. The same with government transparency. One century ago, nobody had the, the, the power to, to check what the government was doing. The government is too big to do something like that. Now we have the, 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 the technology to do something like that. So if you give me the information, I just crunch the data and I can tell you where something is going wrong. So then the big the big question is how do you decide on what's good what's right what should we able to do with information who should have access who who doesn't and then uh, uh it's not that we just think about uh information but we think in a very specific way and uh, I think the, the historically we were descendant from basically the the age of enlightenment if you think about the origin of liberalism and those things it basically is about a few things. Uh, mostly it's about freedom and equality. Those are driving factors in, in, in let's say, the, the moral reasoning behind our prior programs. Uh, what, what you could say is that we look at a, a political issue that concerns information, and then we look what the best way to do, what, what the best way to handle it would be uh, that ensures the most freedom for the most uh, amount of people and the best equality between people, even if you're a minority or, or anything else. And so we're, in a certain sense, we're applying a moral reasoning. Uh, you know, and, um, it's called humanism. Basically, we're, we're, we're applying humanist moral reasoning, <laughs> very technical, to uh, information policy. And, uh, and and I, I often compare it to the way that uh, humanism was applied to the industrial age. If you think about the, the origin of socialism and communism, they said, well, you know, you have these big factories, but they should be, you know, we should distribute this in a more fair way, more equal, uh, more freedom for people. We can't enslave people to work. And basically, I think, personally, that the Pirate Party is about applying the same kind of thinking 
to the information age. And uh, we have to do it because obviously uh, the other parties and especially the older parties have no clue what they're doing on that level or, or at least don't have a, a framework that's consistent. And, and I think uh, in a lot of cases, they don't have a framework that's morally right either. Okay. <laughs> that was quite a bit of... Huh? Yeah, no, but <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Uh, that's quite a sto story, um, but but let's continue. Let's return to uh, what is a pirate party. Um, uh, what what was the country again? Uh, some earlier where there were two different pirate parties. Spain, yeah. Spain. Spain. It was Spain. Um, Italy, I believe. Uh, yeah. Apparently, there's yeah. more. Italy, but yeah. how can such a situation? Uh, exist How, where does it come from not only where there is like i see from germany also the between the north uh, berlin pirates and the bayern mentioned uh, different population different values different wishes is difficult to get together and yeah. to have a common opinion i think the, the main reason for that is that the pirate party is bottom up it means that any three guys or maybe one guy can sit in a room and say i'm gonna start my own pirate party in itself uh, you can call yourself a political party whenever you want. Anybody can do that. Of course, the 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 the, diffi the difficulty is the logistical difficulty of of entering elections. But even there, local elections, you don't have to belong to a large party to uh, to participate in a local election. But the reality is that uh, the the difficulty of participating in bigger and bigger elections requires a larger and larger organization. So for us, we do bottom up, and then we start working together because we have to. Uh, in certain cases, like in Catalonia, uh, in uh, for a lot of the activities, they just don't have to work together, which doesn't give them a driving force to to do something together. In the same way that. Maybe uh, the Netherlands is working quite separately from the Pirate Party Belgium. We don't really do things together yet, but we don't have to because we have different elections. So it doesn't really matter if we if we work. To, well, it would be nice to work together, but on a lot of levels, it just doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of other parties, I would say, work the other way around. There's like this one guy or a couple of guys that say, you know, we've got this political party. And if you want to have a local chapter, you're going to have to talk to us, boy. And so they put you what they call in, in line with the party. And for us, it's diff different. It's kind of like what the Pirate Party is, is the result of all these singular actions. It's kind of like, uh, it's a chaotic system, but obviously something emerges. That's the Pirate Party. And it's very different from a design system where somebody goes in and says, now we're going to do a political party and you all have to do, the, do it the way I think it should be done. There's one thing maybe to to add another view on that. But you were saying in the beginning that we don't like to have the figures guiding it. And if you say a bottom-up, I would suggest the pirate parts are trying to do a bottom-bottom. There is no up. That happens that some people get into the upper position right. that get always in trouble. Yeah. But our vision is a bottom-bottom. Well, yeah, except for the problem, uh, which is a real problem in the pirate party, we have to have candidates because that's how the, the bleeding elections work. And, and this is actually, this is a big, this is major trouble in the Pirate Party because you have to make lists and then the, somebody has to be the first guy on the list and then all the media jumps in and they only interview the first guy. And so that's, uh, for us, it's actually counter to how everybody wants to work, but uh, the external forces for uh, make us work that way. Uh, you, have, you have to act like a like a traditional political party in some respects in order to 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 participate in the whole circus. 
But we had the same thing in Holland. I mean, once you once you're the the uh, the number one on the list for the elections, everybody starts calling you party leader. Whereas, as, as far as I'm concerned, we are like a leaderless revolution. So I always said, no, I'm not a party leader. I'm just a party spokesperson. Uh, I'm 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 the voice of the party right now. But you no, know, anyone can be that. I remember having heard in the last uh, one year ago the PPI General Assembly. There was someone from Syria, I think, telling about his experience experience in the Pirate Party, and they have a rule there. At the moment that someone complains, this person gets the job. And they were very flexible and very volatile, <laughs> changing a lot. And I wished sometimes that we in Germany would be more like that. But I see some positive things in Germany. Like in the last uh, list, we had a group. Hello, Echo. What is this? Somebody broke into your program. What is? We yeah. are being hacked. We're the. We're. This is Hacker Public Radio, that and was I have not some me. Pe I don't people know from the pirate, pirate Party <laughs> here, and probably there are some other political parties who really want to disrupt our show <laughs> or something. <laughs> and they Hello, happen anything. to have had some success. Luckily, See, a, a our year ago I would have said you're paranoid, to... but you know, I don't know this year. Well, let's back. What I was saying that is, uh, in our election, we have the three monkeys head concept in one of the group. If one of them gets elected, uh, the other two share the money. I have in my candidature someone else that would work with me and we would split the money and the function. So we are trying with a small step to show other possibilities yeah. on that. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I keep telling stories, I guess. We, one thing we tried in, in Antwerp, another idea, uh, was that anybody who wanted to be a candidate had to sign uh, sort of... It's kind of like when you become a doctor, you have to do this oath, the the Hippocratic oath, yeah. and it basically says how you should uh, act as a doctor, like you know what kind of responsibilities you have and this and that. And so we wrote basically the same kind of oath, but then for a politician, like what you're supposed to do as a politician if you get elected. And it has all these things in there, like you're not actually supposed to just promote your own point of view, but you have to consult and you have to do this and that and that. Um, And so we do all these like experiments with politics, really, with uh, new ways of, I would say, subverting the, the current system, because that's that's the thing, right? Uh, the Pirate Party has chosen to participate in elections. We're not an activist group. We're a political party. So we chose to be in each country. We try to be in the elections. That's the goal of it. Um, which means they have to follow. You have to follow the rules. But obviously, we're trying to find the holes in the rules constantly so we can actually change it in in the way that we want politics to run and we're not we're not a purely political party of course we're 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 an activist party yeah. and in 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 that respect we're also different from a lot of uh, a lot of other parties see for example uh, with uh, uh, with the Bradley Manning case um, most of the the, the the traditional parties say well that is something that's uh, being looked at by a judge and we as a party cannot say anything about that as long as a judge is looking at it But we're an activist party. We say, hey, we want to change things. And we start calling out that judge right from the beginning of the of the trial. And we keep on calling through the beginning of the trial. We had the same thing in Holland with uh, uh, an organization called Brein, which is the, the Dutch part of the, the uh, copyright police. Um, that we've been active, actively fighting them. We've, we've, we've started a, a, a proxy service in the Netherlands. We've done we've done stuff that goes way beyond purely political stuff, 
just in order to make our point. So I think Pirate Party in that respect is it is it is a bunch of activists that pretend to be politicians in order to 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 change the political yeah. landscape. That's that's to why I see it. into the political system, I would say. Yeah. So, th- and uh, w- one more thing that uh, that I just thought uh, that uh, we were talking about the cooperation internationally. I think there's there's more cooperation than than you'd say, but it's not uh, it's not forced into a party line. For example, um, we copied uh, the uh, liquid feedback uh, system from Germany. That's true. Now we're working together with uh, New Zealand uh, in order to, uh, to to come up with uh, with a, a different version of the liquid feedback system. We had a <coughs> we had a, a lot of trouble designing our website. So in the end, what we did, we just copied the German website. And in that respect, I think the pirate parties are working together a mm. lot, but yeah. without that 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 uh, that party line that you that you mentioned, yeah, yeah. it's more or, or it's like more big helping. meetings. Or yeah. we don't do that. No, it's yeah. it's it's helping each other out yeah. to to get to, to get ahead without trying to force each other to to do things against our gut. Yeah, but I I personally think. Uh, um an interesting problem with with the pirate party, and especially the hacker community, uh, since we're here anyway, uh, is that I I often hear this comment. You know, a lot of a lot of people are disappointed in politics, like really badly. If you look at the numbers, uh, politicians is the the least trusted profession on earth. And really, it's about it's absolute bottom. Journalist just one position above it but think about how bad that is you know it's it just shows us that the most powerful people are the least trusted people uh that we have it's really 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 a societal problem but what i notice is that by saying hey guys we're gonna participate in in politics or or, so we have to have candidates and all that then the then we get judged by a lot of people in the hacker community as a political party and i i do think that's kind of like uh uh, a problem that I'd love uh, the hacker community as a whole to to get over, you know. Yes, we have to act like a political party in certain sense because otherwise we just can't participate in the elections. But but you guys have to help us, even if you don't like politics. It's too important not to to ignore and to just dismiss, you know. And that's uh, you know. Um, it's a general thing, and even internally, I find it sometimes very weird that that we have anti-political people in the pirate party. And I'm like, well, I don't know. This well, is, you know, you know the feeling. Yeah, but if you have been very disappointed in in, in politics, but feel something should change in politics, yeah. then you know, pirate party might be a way to uh, to to work on the future again. Except when when something looks like regular politics, then then you know they panic. Yeah. Which I, I don't think you should always do. Yes, I think I, I think we should be vigilant and make sure that we don't become a traditional party. It's obviously a risk, uh, but we're, we aren't. None of the pirate parties I can remotely consider to be be classical political party. But you get you know blamed for it anyway. But those are the money shots on TV as well. Uh, I saw the, the the German elections. They had like five, six very stiff. Uh, suited up uh, German politicians, and then you had the, the one guy from the, the Pirate Party just in a T-shirt. And uh, but in the end, he he got everybody on arguments. You know, the 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 the, the, the T-shirts go straight through the the, the stuffed suit. Yeah. And we we had it in Holland as well during the elections. Uh, you you put there together with with an, a very old school politician, 
And just by being there, not wearing your tie and just wearing a T-shirt and having a completely different way of looking at things and expressing yourself, you're showing people already mm -hmm. that that there's a very big difference between a pirate party politician and a, and a regular politician. That's true. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, we're joined uh, with a new uh, guest, which is uh, Christopher. Hi. Uh, please nice introduce you. yourself. Right, yeah, I'm one of the five heads of the Austrian Pirate Party. We don't have one person at the top, but five uh, with equal rights. And I just uh, heard you on the radio uh, over in our Austrian camp, and I thought, hey, I, I'm going to find where you are. And it took me a while, but... I so I don't really know what you've been talking uh, well, about for the last few minutes. It but sounds like a mafia movie, The Five Heads. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we decided earlier, I heard well, you talking about... Well, we're five about, people here now. <laughs> I, I heard you talking about uh, not wanting to have one candidate at the top, and so we said we also don't want to have one leader at the top. Yeah. All so right, we started out with uh, a bit how about it? how the Pirate Party started, and uh, now we're talking about the subject of what is a Pirate Party. Perhaps you want to talk a bit about uh, the start of, the, of your Pirate Party? Um, the Austrian one was founded in 2006, I think very soon after the Swedish one, um, but it stayed very small for many years. Uh, and only recently, uh, due in a large part to the success in Germany, um, suddenly about a year ago, a year and a half ago, the Austrian pirates started showing up in opinion polls, even though they were really, really tiny and very. Uh, then the people involved were, as individuals, very unknown. Um, mm -hmm. And that caused a lot of people to get interested in the party again and, and join and, and see that there's actually a chance there. And now we have uh, national elections coming up in um, three months, I think, end of September. Uh, and we're polling at 2%, and we are just in the process of collecting signatures to be able to stand for elections. We have about 85% of the ones we need uh, collected and are probably going to be on the ballot in eight out of nine Austrian provinces. So uh, what's that's a big a, step for us. What's the threshold? Uh, it's 2,600 signatures, but they have to be. Uh, you have to sign at your local um, government building in front of uh, people there. Uh, so you, you can guys. send it in by yeah. email or, or, or do it on the net or something. So it's been a struggle. We've we worked now for three weeks uh, collecting these signatures, but we're very close to to the goal, and that's for us a, a huge step because of the Austrian Pirates okay. have never what, stood what for national elections. What percentage of the vote do you need to get yeah, in order to get to well, get four percent to enter parliament? So you have half now. Uh, at, in the polls, oh, yes. Oh, wow. uh, but if you reach 1% uh, nationwide, you get uh, funding. So oh, okay. 1% yeah. is the funding threshold. How funding about is the, nice. the, polls, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, the polls in Austria? Because we have a feeling now in Germany we have like 2 3%. But from what I know, the polls are then only on uh, fast line, how you say? Landlines. Landlines, not yeah. mobiles. It's a different public, uh, elders and... I, I don't want to talk about conspiration, but I hear that the media really decides this week SPD 23 yeah. and find out how it will come out. Well, uh, I, I, yeah, that, that is one issue. I think another issue is just that the sample sizes for these polls, at least in Austria, there's 400 people. It's really, really small. If you're at a 2% party, that's what eight people in the poll said Pirate Party. That can vary wildly. So you yeah. can't really make a serious... as large... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see that's a huge problem for us in Germany that are running for election that we are by two, three percent. And the two uh, two years ago, in 2011, it was like this. Some weeks before the election, we were not uh, on the in the cake share in there. We could not see us. We were not four percent, and then suddenly we get nine point six. But, but, the, uh, but the polls are a political instrument. You realize that, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Polls yeah. are not, you know, to inform the public. Polls are there to to manipulate the public. That's that's quite obvious. There's there's been publications enough about this that that basically show how easy it is to to do it in the you know in a way that is beneficial for certain you know and to have the story going. 
But I, I do think, I mean, I'm not completely cynical in the sense that uh, I don't think that all media is bought. So the way I approach it is like, you kind of have to get your story going in, in the, because the media does love like an underdog. They, and, and, you know, and I think as a, as a beginning party, you have to try to get the underdog going about you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then, then grow, you know, but the problem in, that happened in Germany First, they were like the underdog, and then, wow, they're the surprise winners, and they're up, and uh, they were growing in the polls. And then you started all these, uh, you started seeing all these bad stories in the press, which is not a coincidence, because the press is like, oh, now the hero has to fall. <laughs> But you it, know. It's all something we, we've seen in Holland over the last, I think, 15, 20 years. Um, we have a lot of new political parties coming into the spectrum, and they start out very idealistic, and all of a sudden they become huge. And then everybody and his brother becomes a member of that party. And all of a sudden that party is hijacked by 20 different uh, groups of people. Within a, a year after the elections, they're falling on the street uh, fighting and, uh, and the, party, uh, the party breaks up. Mm. So we've been very conscious not to, to grow too fast because that's something we definitely do not want to, uh, to, uh, to have happen. Rather, yeah. grow very slowly, organically, then all of a sudden explode and... A year later, you open the door and you see who did we all invite in. Yeah, yeah. I, that that already happens. I think sometimes you go like, uh, you know, you, you can't really screen people that come into your party. You can't say, no. well, where's your CV, man? Yeah, so that's <laughs> you, you run the risk as a small starting party of getting a lot of disenfranchised people from other parties into your into your party. Yeah. I would like to suggest you an issue, maybe for the people who are listening and do not know how it works, the pirate party. If you could give me some hints, how is the pirate mandate by you? How is the because I see one of the main things of the pirate party it can work very well if the people are independent, proactive, constructive. It can get really in a mess if some people has too much time to complain and find problems mm -hmm. on the others. <laughs> so for people who are outside that are not pirates, uh, which the attitude that you would uh, like to see? Um, well, definitely the go the go get attitude. I mean the. Uh, the attitude of waiting and sitting back until something goes wrong and then, then shouting about it, that's, that's definitely not an attitude you need in the, the pirate party. A word I really like is uh, the concept of adhocracy. Adhocracy is basically who, whoever does it first does it. Uh, so it, it kind of like OHM is, or OHM is itself, you know, you're kind of like, okay, if you feel like there should be a lamp here, or, you know, hang a lamp. Yeah. And if you augment that with the Brazilian rule, that if you have a critic on something, that yeah. immediately you... you, you Then you hang the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what happens here. Yeah. Hey, that doesn't work. Go fix it. Go yeah. fix it. <laughs> yeah, so I, th I think it's, it's quintessential hacker culture in a, in a political structure, really, uh, which is, is nice. It, it gets, you have to get used to it, too. Uh, because some people just don't... They come from... Maybe they have experience in other organizations where it's much more classical. Or some people... Uh, well, I think what mostly happens is that people have a very specific idea of how it's something... And usually their idea is very big and very ambitious and they can't do it alone. And then you get it... Because the, the, by definition, in an autocracy, everything has to be attainable by one or two or three people. If you can't do it by yourself, well, you already have a problem, right? Yeah. It's like we should all, you know, sentences that start like that are like a big warning sign, I guess. Okay, um, we have about uh, four minutes left. So um, how about uh, we take some time? Eight minutes? Yeah, but there's some. No, okay, we have about eight minutes uh, left. So let's do uh, one no other. Commercials. Uh, 
Uh, let's do another uh, like subject, do talk about uh, uh, <laughs> the quote. I would like to ask you about uh, the Uppsala and uh, maybe after that uh, we can all say uh, how to reach uh, the, your local pirate party. Oh God, do we know that? Yeah, yeah, we need signatures in the Belgian hackerspace village, signatures for uh, next election. Hey, I have a local phone number. <laughs> But I didn't quite do you dare say it on the radio sure. and later on a podcast? Sure, it's 4667, but it only works when you're on OM. 4667, babies. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to have a coffee with a pirate. I didn't, I didn't quite get your question. What, what, what did you um, want me to... Uh, well, we, uh, earlier we, uh, you, you uh, mentioned the Uppsala Declaration. Yep. Could you go into the, what, the, what that means? Um, what it is? Well, basically, it's um, it, it's it's what the all pirate parties in the world agree on as 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 are the the, the the three main points that they should strive for, and all every party pirate party is free to add other points. But those points are uh, an open government that you can control instead of a, a government that controls you, um, uh, 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 abandoning patents and changing copyright. And those are are the three main points that come from, uh, yeah. Well, interestingly enough, uh, the PPI has just voted uh, a new manifesto, and it now includes net neutrality as well. It has a clause on whistleblowing. Uh, there's a few new things, and actually, direct democracy is in there in a certain way as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if all the pirate parties have signed it yet, but it's quite interesting. Like it's a major step because our What you mentioned yeah. is actually like last week's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. It's so important. Yeah. Well, let's 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 hope that that the new uh, the new thing gets uh, gets approved. Then I think it has uh, been okay. Yeah, I, I, I think at least nine countries have signed it, but I I don't know how many have now. But it was happening in, uh, I guess, in Poland, right? Yeah, Warsaw. The, Warsaw. The, yeah. The, the representatives are in Warsaw right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's good news. You can probably look it up soon. All right, so um, in the final minutes, um, say uh, we have some listeners who uh, are interested in uh, the Pirate Party and they are anywhere on the globe. Uh, what would you recommend they do uh, to get uh, involved? Start. Do it. Just just go ahead, take the concept and do it. Make your own Pirate Party or find a Pirate Party nearby and do it. Because Fork. that's the most important thing. Yeah, find just a couple of friends in your, in your neighborhood, in your, in your university, in your uh, local bar. And just start a local pirate party and uh, and and grow. And we, we accept pull requests, by the way, for the geeks among us. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, also for organizing uh, it and enjoy it and and join the pirate party who wants to change politics. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, Uh, you do I, I, uh, thanks also for the uh, brief chance. I'd just like to emphasize one point, uh, which is a European cooperation of pirate parties. I think there's too little of that going on, and I hope maybe if all of us are together here, we can discuss briefly how to, how to um, uh, deepen that, because all the threats that we face are not national threats, but uh, global threats, and we need a global movement to counter them. I, I think so we should have like an informal pirate meeting here. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll set up a beer, so pirate beer. Right, we'll do a pirate beer at home. No, but it, I think that, um, that you're definitely right there. That for me is has always been one of the main uh, main points of a pirate party is that it's an international organization of people from all over the world who want the same things and who try to bypass uh, their uh, their existing uh, political uh, uh, elected officials because they haven't got a clue about it. 
So I think that's it's it's extremely important that in in 2014 when we have the, the European elections, there's there's one uh, united front of European pirates standing there. I actually have the feeling maybe that's a bit of good news. I know that the last couple of years, especially in PPI and 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 organizations like that, it's been a struggle. It really has been a struggle. But personally, I have the feeling that it's starting to get really a lot better. Like uh, I'm thinking, like things like the manifesto, and we're just getting more experience with how to do it on an international level. And and that's my ex personal experience in the in the pirate party in general is that sometimes you really just have to be patient and optimistic at the same time, and just you know allow it to grow by itself. You can't. I I don't think we can force it to go faster than it's going right now, but it's going in the right direction. So. And there's a deadline, and deadlines always work magic. It's true. <laughs> I love the sound they make when they come flying by. <laughs> yeah, the most uh, pirates, the most of the pirate parties, uh, the official part was right before the election, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you mentioned an informal meetup. Should we just tell people to search the OMWiki for pirate party, and we will put something up that yeah. tells you when um, and well, where? Uh, if you like, drop by? Um, we can. Uh, do it uh, right after this. We can just go uh, to the other tent on the other side, and uh, then we'll have uh, a meeting with ourselves uh, there. And yeah, uh, I think that, indeed it's a good idea to have. Uh, I think we, have to, we you want, want to plan ahead you want, more, a bit. you want more or less like pirate uh, party party somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really. I have to pick up my kid at four from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the child's activities. Icelandic people in the okay, okay, okay. Well, we have some time left, so we're going to find a location. Where do we have a location? Well, uh, the I guess uh, the, the Belgian Pirate Party has a tent. No, no, no. The Belgian village. The well, Belgian, the Belgian hackers village. Well, the Belgian village hackers village. I guess we could do it there. Yeah, we, we have a bar there. and Belgian beer. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, you know I, have a, I have a Belgian mate beer with a CC license from Germany. Uh, <laughs> Belgian, in Belgium? Belgian beer from Germany. So that's yeah. settled then. Okay. All right. So, so and then it's just like uh, we have to look. At, we'll look at the agenda. We'll tell you guys, and then we you can announce it. Can't we now say like uh, tomorrow? Be there at okay. Sometime, sure. I think when it's, do you it's have time? Tricky tomorrow to do it this spontaneous. Don't you? Don't you think? 8 p.m. No, Belgium village. Okay. Evening. Oh, 8 p.m. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. So yeah. there we have it. For Belgian anyone at home who is still uh, yeah. looking to uh, participate uh, with uh, the pirate party, uh, be at the Belgium village at eight uh, tomorrow. Space, yeah. The hacker space. It's the red tent with the red with the white uh, white. What you can call it? The uh, border uh, roof, roof. Yes, and it's a white roof. roof. Bring your own <laughs> parrot. Yeah, bring your own parrot, <laughs> and and eye patch. <laughs> You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.